What's up, everybody? Mojax Boys coming back at you here tonight with our very, very special guest, the voice of the Mountaineers, Mr. Tony Greedy. What's going on tonight, sir? Well, I'm well, guys. Good to be back with you again. What, a little over a year ago, uh, we, we chatted when we were at the TBT a year ago, and uh, everything's good. Looking forward to, obviously, the start of uh, the football season, which is fast approaching. Yeah, the TBT seems to be, uh, I guess, our our time to get with you. You know, I think they've really, they've really got something there. Every year it gets better and better. This year was it was I think it was special for us too, being that obviously we had the Marshall W game, but for the five hundred, sounded about like ten thousand fans in there that yeah. uh, that particular night. So pretty special. Yeah, it's good. I I often say that when a building isn't filled in that particular scenario those 4500 are the absolute most passionate so they probably make a lot more noise than 4500 people are supposed to i've seen it a couple of times like nit games and things like that when the building's not filled those that are there are just like what we call in the radio business p1s like they're the most passionate and they make a lot of noise and that was a great environment there for the uh for the best virginia herd that game absolutely well let's jump into the football season because i we looked at each other after we lost the tbt in dayton and we said well boys it's football season it is it is upon us uh, officially <laughs> so then and maybe that's what's so great about the tbt it kind of tides us over a little bit but i want to jump in here i think it's pretty obvious even though Neil, Coach Brown, had a little bit of coach speech, uh, maybe. But uh, I'm not going to ask you about JT Daniels. I think maybe perhaps the more important question is, who's QB2 this year? What's your prediction there? That's a really good question because I've been over there watching, and I don't think any of them at this point have – taken themselves out of consideration to be that guy and I truly believe that uh, when I watch Nico and Garrett Green and Goose Crowder I mean they're throwing really well and I have not had a chance yet to chat with the coaches I've been just watching practice I haven't said okay um, what what are you guys thinking but I think that all three of those guys have come back and they're throwing the ball really well. And, you know, you guys have been around long enough. Lots of times by the time you get to the number three, um, sometimes that ball just looks a little bit wobbly and there's a noticeable difference. But like I was watching today and they were stroking the ball down the field. So I'm encouraged and I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that whole thing shapes out. I, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I think and not just because JT's had some injury issues, but, you just you just never know what will happen, and then perhaps it's the best thing to do to for Nico to play his four games here and there and, and redshirt. But I think that will be very interesting how that turns out. The second question would be, is this the year that our O-line can get it done? I mean, the, the, we can't have any more stars as far as ratings, I don't think, on that line. But there was not a whole lot of game experience. So do you foresee them taking a huge step this year? I'd be very surprised if they don't. And I think the biggest issue with that line since Neil has been here is that, number one, 
uh, it was completely depleted when he got here. And that's a word that one of the folks on staff used when I was talking with him back on Monday. When they got here, it was depleted, with the exception of Colton McKivitz. And they have built this line together to get to the point where you want to be with an offensive line, which is physically strong and mentally they have seen so much that they can make changes on the flies. You know, a lot of times when they're younger, they see schemes and they see certain packages and games, which takes them time to adjust in game. And James Gmitter, who was interviewed earlier today, the starting right side, uh, I should say left side guard. He said that, um, they've seen everything now and that's where you want to get to as an offensive line. So nothing phases them. And they just say, Hey, you know, they're doing this, we're doing this. And so long answer to your short question. I do think that this is the year where they go from, you know, just a bunch of guys learning uh, to a potentially a group that would be considered a very good offensive line within the league. Yeah, I, I still remember. It's one of my first Mountaineer memories. I was eight or nine or ten when Bino Cook picked us to go undefeated, and that was what he pointed to. He said they've got all senior linemen. And I don't know when. I don't know if those days are gone, having all senior linemen, but we're getting we're getting to the point where we're getting pretty close to having as much as experience we've had there for a while. And like I said, as far as recruiting goes, that's about as high as the recruits we've had ever on the line so yeah those days yeah those days are gone that that 88 line was five fifth year seniors and they all stayed together from when they arrived in 84 and the great success of the 88 team was for the most part they all stayed together not only the o-line but you know your running backs and those guys I and mean, that was that group with with under johnson and you know those guys all stayed together, Granis Bell, uh, really good players. And so that's the key to success. Unfortunately, with the transfer portal and I guess our lack of patience as a society, um, we won't see that anymore. And it's just gone, I think, in college sports because those guys, if they wanted to leave, were going to have to sit out a year. And oftentimes that was a deterrent and they stayed put. And then they went like, oh, my gosh, I'm glad I didn't leave because I got my fruit and it paid off at the end. Uh, but I don't think we see that anymore. Yeah, I have to agree, unfortunately. All right. Um, and you may want to say this for sports line or three guys, but uh, how about we'll just – I'm going to put the over-under at seven wins, put a little bit more than, than Vegas. If I put it at seven, are we over or under this year? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, let me tell you something. Uh, many moons ago, these guys were asking for predictions on the season. And I don't know, remember what I said. I don't remember what year it was. If I said, you know, back then it was 11. If I said like eight and three, nine and two or whatever, and some cat lost his mind and wrote this nasty, nasty about how can the play-by-play guy ever think that we're going to lose a game, um, which – is totally stupid. But anyway, since that, since that pun, I always go like, going to win them all. So, um, you know, I, I would say this, um, extremely difficult schedule to play at two power fives on the road in your non-conference. No one else is doing that in our league. Uh, 
And so that's going to be a challenge. And I know it gets a lot of fans interested, and certainly we'd love to see the Pitt game and we'd love to see the Virginia Tech game. Uh, I do too. Uh, one of those per year, not two. But those with that right. being said, with that being said, I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't get into the numbers aspect of it. This is what I think. I think that Neil and his staff have this program heading in the right direction. I think COVID really kicked him hard, and it really slowed down where he wanted to go. I think that the roster is finally readjusted to the point that he's got his kind of players, um, and he has the culture that he has been searching for. And so there are no more anchors that potentially could be bringing these guys down. They got the, you know, they've got the multi-star quarterback in Daniels. And so the position, I mean, it's, it's there. So I, I feel very optimistic as to what that equates to as far as the wins go. I'm not sure, but I feel very good about where they are. All right. Sounds good. I know you got to get going. I'm going to ask you two more questions here. Uh, and you can just quickly answer them. But one, we're not going to get in a ton of the conference talk. Maybe we can get you back on for that. But what do you just what do you think about the new leadership about your Mac? I mean, what, what's your what's your take on him? Certainly was an out of the box hire does not match the normal background or resume that conference commissioners, at least in the Big 12, have had. But it's a sign of the times that we're seeing commissioners, Big Ten and Kevin Warren and Klevikoff at the Pac-12, they're coming from the business world. And so it was a surprise, the name Brett Yormark when he first came in there. But if you look at his background, I think he fills what the need is today because this isn't traditional college sports anymore. This is professional sports. And so why not go get a person who has been in that world? You know, the Big Ten is getting ready to announce its new rights deal, and it is expected to be over a billion dollars. And when you're paying your coaches, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, in some cases, double digits and millions, this is huge, huge money. It's pro sports. And so I like the pick. I met him, talked with him just really briefly, but he seemed to be, you know, that guy that's got a gleam in his eye and a bounce in his step, and he's got that, let's do a deal. I like that a lot. I think you can hire people around you to do the governance and the collegiate administration stuff, but I think you got to have a you got to have an attack guy up top ready to cut deals and I think he's a good fit. I like him. Awesome. Well, three guys was great this week. We couldn't put our finger on. There was something different. Someone was not there and it, it just worked. I don't know what it was. <laughs> uh, but I do want to ask uh, you, are you still fasting? Is this still going on? Am I still what? Intermittent fasting. fasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so obviously you listen closely. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I did it. You know, uh, unintentionally I started it because the goofball senator didn't want to eat until later in the day. So I said, fine, I'll wait. And then I looked at the clock and go, hey, this is 16 hours, 17 hours. I guess I'm fasting. <laughs> Why not do it again the next day and the next day and the next day? And, uh, yeah, man, it's working. And, and, and what's crazy is I'm normally one of those people when I don't have food in me, I turn into that Snickers commercial guy, oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. but, but I'm just like, 
I'm crushing like two big cups of coffee in the morning and then not like eating until like two in the afternoon. And yeah, it's working. Not Yeah. So it's good. It actually does work. But as Brad, will, and I said this on the podcast, so people like they try to do all this scientific stuff and say, well, the reason you're losing the weight is because you go into ketosis and, da, 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 da. and Brad says, no, the reason you're losing weight is because you're eating one less meal. <laughs> right. So the bottom line is you're just not putting as many calories in your body. Therefore, you will lose weight. He's probably <laughs> there's, the, the answer. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle of all that. But yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's it's all good. Well, if you as long as you stay away from being hangry, that's that's the biggest biggest thing. Yeah, I agree. With, and my, uh, yes, my and my wife, my wife will always like she give me the look. Like she is the she's the person in the Snickers commercial. But like instead of a Snickers, she'll just look at me and go, "Dude, like <laughs> go eat something like an apple. I don't care what it is, but just go chill away. Get out, get out of here." So. Well, Tony, we really appreciate it. I do want to I do want to part ways with some bragging rights that you, that you may uh, use up there. Our most ever listened to episode, in, including Bob Huggins, was when we had you on. So make sure oh, you, uh, you know, we we said we had the most popular man in the state on when we had when we had Coach Huggins on, but uh, you beat him out. So it, it, it was it was a perfect timing because it was right when conference stuff last year was going on. We had you on, and I think that everybody thought that you, you were going to predict every team to, to go to every conference. <laughs> no, that's – and I've said that a bunch too, that the, the, the fine, you know, doing coaching, searching stories and trying to follow those and conference realignment, I don't even pretend that I have a clue as to what is going to happen because it's just it's, – it's, it's so many pieces that have to happen and they've done a really good job of keeping things extremely stealth and quiet when they do make these moves. You know, both of these most recent moves, the Texas, Oklahoma a year ago came out of nowhere. And then the UCLA USC, same thing. It's just like, bam, it happened. And so those are really super hard um, to, to try to put a peg on. But so like if, if I'm on, if I've got the most listens, like, does that give me like a Mojax t-shirt? Absolutely. We could definitely send you a Mojax t-shirt. Think. Yeah, we can, yeah. we can get that done. And and Bubba here is, is our cook, and so we know you love food, so he can cook no like no other. So absolutely. We what's his, what's his specialty? His specialty is Italian. So there you go. Really? Yeah. Although, I mean, he's not called Bubba for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There you go. But in all seriousness, I do think, uh, I do think that those listens and, and you know, being the most we've ever had it is because everybody really loves to hear you respects you and we we always love to talk with you and get you on so again we really really appreciate you coming on we'll let you get back to the business and we hope to talk to you soon well it's my pleasure and and you guys know this that keeping a podcast going is hard and there's something in the business of podcast they call it pod fade and people get really excited to start one and then it fades away because it's just, as you know, it's just hard to keep churning and churning and churning them out. And so I give you guys a ton of credit for, you know, you keep churning them out. All you have to do is just keep lasting, just keep dripping the water. And, uh, and it's great. So uh, congratulations to you guys as well. Thanks a bunch. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, Tony. All right. You guys stay well. Thank Thanks. you. 